my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today, for July, I am doing, I can't stop clapping my hands, I am doing a double feature, the almost breakup double feature. Well, I think it could be more said for Danny and Vicky, because... I don't know if that's an official breakup, because neither of them says that word, that they're breaking up. Stephanie and Michelle refer to it as, a, that's the breakup room when they get their, but of course. So, yes, it's going to be a double feature this month, the almost breakup double feature. I'm going to be covering season three of Full House, episode three, breaking up is hard to do, in quotes, in 22 minutes. <laughs> Yes, in this episode, Stephanie loses a tooth in an apple and decides to spoil the tooth fairy with milk and cookies. Michelle celebrates a new sandbox in the garden with a selfish attitude to toys. Danny reacts very casual and even imitates her when a tool of his is in the hands of a boy. This person really is going into real full detail. Jesse refuses to ever ride a horse again, and Becky in return will stay away when Jesse plays in his band. So I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to read the DVD description for Breaking Up is Hard to Do. What will it take to mend Jesse and Becky's broken relationship? Love, trust, dot, 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 and a little help from DJ. <laughs> well, DJ and Stephanie. So, yeah, I'll be covering this episode, and I'll be covering Season 6's Designing Mothers, where we meet Vicky's mother, who does not know how to keep her nose out of business as it's not hers. She, she seems he wants to meddle in her 30-plus-year-old daughter's relationship. And I cannot stand that. Like, no, 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 no. We're not. We're not playing games here. So, all right. Jumping back to Season 3 of Full House. This episode has got a 6.8 out of 10. Based on 259 ratings. Alright, guest stars. We have Bobby Eats, who plays Diane. She actually was in an episode 2 of season 1 of the original Wonder Years. She played the lady bookseller. She also was on the soap opera that I watched growing up. All my children. She played... What? Who did? Uh, Crystal Carey. Yeah, so uh, she would have come on in 2003. By that time, I really was not watching All My Children anymore. I first started watching that soap opera when I was like 10, 11, 12 at the most. 
then I get dipped out, and then I kind of jump back into it around the year 2000. So this episode was directed by Bill Foster. It was written by Jeff Franklin, their creator. So there are no co-writers when it comes. It was just flat out Jeff Franklin. All right. So do we have any trivia? The title is a is from a song recorded by Neil Sedaka. Oh, is that like they say that breaking up is hard to do? That's right, because in that episode, is it true about Stephanie when Dandy's going through all these changes? This is after his official breakup with Vicky. He's moving stuff all over the place. That organ that always sits to the right of the front door in the living room. He moves it to like where the couch would be. And Kimmy comes in and is like, here, I'm going to play on this organ. And then she starts singing the beginning or the chorus of that song. The one minute version of the theme song is used. Why does that have to be trivia? That's not trivia. And there's no goofs. And there is one review by Mitch RMP. Gives it an 8 out of 10. Titles it Too Much Togetherness. This episode, this review is from April 2nd, 2014. How much should a couple do together? If one doesn't like to do something, does one have to do it? Well, that seems to be the question of the week in this episode. When Jesse and Becky have a fight about what to do or not to do together. Jesse decided he didn't want to go horseback riding anymore because he didn't like it. But Becky felt if she did things for him, he should do things he, she likes for her. A fight starts and the two break up. Meanwhile, Stephanie loses the tooth and it's amazing how much the tooth fairy leaves for her under her pillow. This is another good Jesse and Becky episode. I, I definitely agree. Um, And the fact is, yeah, you don't necessarily have to do everything together with your significant significant other, especially if you have other interests. And the, and the thing is, but, but the thing is, if you're expecting someone to do something for you because you're interested and they're not really interested, don't you think you could extend the same courtesy to them? Like, hey, I don't like listening to your band's thing, but you could, you know, go on a horse ride with me, even though he's not, I mean, if Jesse had a major fear of horses for whatever reason, I have my own issues with why I don't think I'll ever be able to get back on a horse. It stems back from when my sister had a horse when I was like seven or eight years, eight or nine years old. And she had put me on the back of the horse, and the horse just took off for its enclosure with me on its back. This horse was unpredictable at times, and would just, when you're on it, it would be doing its own thing. And I just felt, I did not feel comfortable, even when my dad was on the horse one time, and I was, I was just praying, praying, please, please, let the horse, you know, go <laughs> or behave or something but I just yeah I had a major and this horse was known to like just take off too like we were my sister and I were washing the horse one day giving it a bath or something 
cleaning it, whatever you do. <laughs> and I, I was supposed to be holding on to like the bridle or the rope or whatever you want to call it. And something happened where the horse got spooked and just boom, took off. You know, I, I couldn't, nine-year-old me was not going to be able to hold on to that, that lead rope. And the horse just, bye. And so we had to go with the neighbors, like drive around to try. We lived in the country, by the way. So <laughs> and it was not the first time that horse would have zipped off. But just, yeah, I really, the horse, like I said, it's unpredictable. I didn't feel comfortable being on the horse because who knew what it was going to do. And I just probably decided then there, it's like, no, if there's a opportunity to be going on a horse, horse riding, I, I don't think I would ever partake in that ever again. Well, I mean, and Jesse doesn't even, he goes with Becky to that, um, after he fakes sick and then he says, I'm fine. Uh, to that art, music, poetry exhibit thing. I mean, he goes to her with that. But then I think it's more the fact that he's jealous of Becky's old um, English professor. Like, he's just too up on Becky and not the right way. And just, like, it's uncomfortable and gross. And I just don't like the guy. Anyway. But uh, it's not like, yeah, he hasn't done things, you know, with her that she is interested in and whatnot. So, but if we're me, like, hey, I'm doing this once. I mean, you have other interests. Let's explore your other, those other, in or find interests that you both, things that you both have an interest in doing and do those together. You don't necessarily always have to be like, you, you know, you like that. So, but... We'll, we'll, we'll get into more of that. So, um, all right. So for July, like I said, I'm doing the Almost Breakup double feature. And also Michael Campion, who plays Jackson Fuller on Fuller House, is celebrating a birthday after the end of the month. So I will be covering Driving Mr. Fuller, I think. Ja driving Mr. Jackson. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Something to that effect where Jackson being on the football team now, he goes to a party, there's alcohol, he drinks, he gets intoxicated, and Fernando and Ramona have to sneakily drive him home so DJ doesn't catch wind of the fact that her son had been drinking. Underage drinking at a party. So before I get into the episode, of course, I want to let you all know, you Tanner newbies, podcast listeners that are joining in for the first time aboard the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the podcast, where you can listen to the podcast, you can listen to it on iTunes, you can listen to it on SoundCloud. Unfortunately, I'm not on Spotify, and I am not on, on iHeartRadio either, so it's just... Those are the two platforms, the iTunes and the, the uh, SoundCloud. Also, the podcast does have a Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. And you can follow along so you know which episodes I'm doing because I don't go in order of air date or season by season. I choose themes. I do holiday themes, character themes... All different types of themes based on 
many, many different things. I also do chosen episodes for cast members' birthdays. I just in May covered Old Brown Eyes for Bob's the wait Bob Saget's birthday. And I also covered for June, I covered A Fish Called Martin for the Olsen Twins' birthday. Also, uh, another thing about this podcast that sets it apart from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts is that this is a podcast for ears of all ages. It is clean, family-friendly. You're not going to hear me drop any F-bombs, H-bombs, S-bombs at all. None, none of that stuff. I wanted to create a Full House podcast that those that have grown up with the show could listen to with their kids as they're getting their kids into the show. And being able to relive those m- memories. This, I mean, this show, it's its so amazing. And the fact that it had a spinoff Fuller House in twenty from 2016 to 2020 is just... Uh, it's absolutely it got cut short. Fuller House did. It definitely needed at least another season or two seasons or three or five. <laughs> hey, let's exceed the eight seasons of Full House and just go like let's go nine to ten seasons of Fuller House. <laughs> also, if you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet and you would like to, you can leave a review for the podcast. It helps. The podcasts get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans, new and old, like yourselves. You can use emojis to describe episode titles. I would love to take a shot at trying to figure out episode titles based on emojis. You can do that for either show. I honestly would uh, have better luck with the Full House titles, but yeah. Also, if you would like to email, send an email in the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. So, I will be uploading a short pod, mini podcast episode just detailing my plans for the 2022-2023 Full House Fuller House podcast schedule. Now, the episodes that I have listed, the category, you know, the themes and everything, sometimes there may be subject to change where I said I do some one one month, but if something arises and I got to switch things up, I'll have to do that. But other than that, it's pretty pretty straightforward, so Yes, I plan to be wrapping up the Full House portion of the podcast at the end of 2023. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into Breaking Up is Hard to Do in 22 Minutes. All right, of course, we have the cold open here, which it's pretty much just Danny with Michelle playing basketball. It's so cute. They have a little hoop. That's a, just a standing basketball hoop, and it's just, that, that's basically it. You know, he has her, um, he makes a basket, and then she's like, okay, my turn, and then he hands her the basketball. She goes, you know, between his legs, and then he lifts her up so she can make a basket. It's just, it's adorable. You know, it's just it's the thing, it just, it feels like, honestly, we have more 
Jesse and Michelle cold opens or Joey and Michelle cold opens, but not a whole lot of Danny and Michelle cold opens. Or even Michelle with, you know, DJ or Stephanie. Tanner Yo-Yo's the dribble. He fakes left, he drives right, he puts Michelle in the popcorn machine, and he jams her right over two feet eight inches of towering toddlers! My turn. Okay, here we go. It's Tanner versus Tanner for all the marbles. Michelle breaks for the basket and goes right through my legs. <laughs> She's going for that super-duper high-flying baby sky and junior, junior slamma jamma. Talk about serious hang time. Oh, in, there. <laughs> in your face. In your face. NBA action. It's fantastic. You know, I'm just thinking, and I'm like, wait a minute, Danny's not a sportscaster anymore. He stopped doing that after season one, basically. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, the scene is cute and everything, and it's like it would make more sense if he were a sport doing when you know he was a sportscaster. But uh, oh, that NBA smack talk! All right, so we come out of the intro, and Danny and Joey are in the kitchen. Joey's just coming in from the backyard. I guess Michelle and her new little friends are out there by the sandbox that was just put in the backyard <laughs> you I think you only see the sandbox like once or twice within the show's run and then boop, it's but then again I'm surprised they wouldn't just like dismantle it and then put it back up for you know Nikki and Alex <coughs> you know once they got old enough that way you don't gotta take them all the way to the park to go play in the sand Danny has got a I'm going to say it right now, a boring, boring snack for these little three-year-olds. Celery. And I mean basic naked celery. There's no peanut butter. There's no raisins. It's not ants on a log. It's just basic watery celery. And what three-year-old wants celery? Yeah, and the only way I was eating celery as a kid would have been you're putting peanut butter and raisins on top of it because that is the only way I'm eating that. And Joey says, yeah, mmm, celery sticks, every kid's favorite. You know, I always remember every Halloween as a kid, I used to head straight to the houses that gave out celery. So here comes Stephanie. Of course, this is plot B. Her coming down the stairs with an into the kitchen with an apple in her mouth and she had rah, 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 rah. and Danny turns to Joey. It's like, what'd she say? And Joey says, you know, and Danny turns to Stephanie like, Stephanie, take that out here. Let me get this apple out of your mouth. Now, what did you say? And when Danny pulls the apple out of her mouth, she says, I said don't pull that apple out of my mouth. My loose tooth is stuck. And Danny looks at the the apple where she took a bite out of it. And he's like, oh, well, not anymore. And here it is. Here's your loose tooth. Yeah, she says my loose tooth is stuck. And Danny's like, well, not anymore. It's in this apple. And Stephanie kind of uses her tongue to feel that, you know, bare space where her tooth used to be. It's like, oh, it came out. 
And then she says, I was jiggling it around with my tongue for a week. It's just such a gross image. Uh, Just the images she is putting in my head, how she's saying, oh, I can bend it all the way back, but it kept hanging by this one little slimy, skinny string of tooth guts. And I was just, there's not an image I need to, I mean, we've all been there as kids, we've all lost teeth, we all know how we were able to bend the tooth back all the way, but it wasn't ready to let go until it finally did. But my gosh, you gotta be so graphic, Steph. (laughs) So I kind of wonder if even with the same thing with um, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in High Anxiety, which I covered in May for the Father's Day series, did both Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen both lose their front teeth at the same time? Because how would that have worked? Because you use, you know, the two girls for the one role. If only one of them's got two missing teeth, you're not going to be able to use both kids for the same role until the other one either loses their teeth. How would that have worked? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I wonder if, you know, Jody Sweeten lost her tooth around, you know, this time. It's like, oh, we'll just work it into an episode. The gross-out look that Danny and Joey give each other when she says about the... I don't even want to repeat it. They're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> TMI stuff. So even at age seven or eight, well, eight, season three, because she, when Joey stated her age, when she backed his car in through the kitchen or into the house, when Michelle says, that was my turn to drive, and Joey says, you know the rules, Michelle, no driving until you're eight years old. But yeah, she's like, I'm going to go put this thing under my pillow. This thing is money in the bank. Is she going to keep it in the apple or what? Who knows? <laughs> well, the sandbox is all ready for Michelle's playgroup. Great. And I have prepared a nutritious platter of celery sticks for her little friends. Mmm, celery sticks. Every kid's favorite. <laughs> I remember every Halloween I used to head straight to the houses that gave out celery. <laughs> What'd she say? She's like, Honey, take that apple out of your mouth. Now, what'd you say? I said don't pull that apple out of my mouth. But this tooth is stuck. Not anymore. It's in this apple. It came out. I was jiggling it around with my tongue for a week. I could bend it all the way back. But it kept hanging by this one little slimy, skinny string of tooth guts. Oh, that is so gross. I'll put this under my pillow right now for the tooth fairy. This thing is money in the bank. Anyhow, Stephanie goes to go to her room and put her tooth under her pillow. She goes into the living room to go up the stairs when she just could have turned around and went back up the stairs. (laughs) The stairs she came down. Of course, we have... DJ coming through, so excited about jumping her first fence with her horse. Is it Rocket? It must, it's got to be Rocket, because, I mean, Becky kind of took over ownership of him when DJ, you know, she was not going to be able to afford $100 
every two weeks to feed and stable that horse. No. Oh, they're both so excited. Like, oh my god. Yeah, DJ comes like, Stephanie, because Stephanie is almost at the foot of the stairs. Like, Stephanie, you'll never believe what happened to me. Like, wait till you hear what happened to me. And Stephanie says, well, wait till you hear what happened to me. And Stephanie says, my tooth came out. And DJ kind of shuts her down saying, that's nothing. I jumped my first fence today. And, and Stephanie makes sense. Like, big deal. You didn't jump it. Your horse did. <laughs> of course, DJ fires back with, so you didn't lose your tooth. Your gums did. Well, technically, Stephanie did lose her tooth. Poor, poor comeback, DJ. Both <laughs> start going upstairs. Oh, let me tell you what happened. Steph, you lost a tooth. I don't really know what exactly else more you can add to that. <laughs> it came out in the apple. That's basically it. We don't want to hear about the, you know, the tooth thing, gross nastiness that really... Bleh. So the girls go upstairs talking about who did it better with uh, losing their first tooth or jumping a fence. Becky, the way that Becky is dressed, I, I, I don't know what the proper attire is for riding a horse. Is it jeans? It might be. She's wearing a... Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of this color. It's kind of a brownish, grayish, tweed-looking blazer with nice blue jeans and shoes with heels on them. And here comes Jesse, who definitely looks like he just got done riding a horse because he's bow-legged. And I can imagine, depending on how long you're out there riding a horse... Your legs are probably going to be, you know, stiff, and you are going to be bow-legged. So he comes in, he's wearing a black and white checked button-up shirt, or, you know, plaid shirt. <laughs> and he's got supposedly mud on him, I'm going to say mud mixed with horse poo, this guy has had a day, I'm telling you. I can see why he's irritated. I mean, this stuff, it's on his shirt. It's covering one side of his pants. Oh, and the, he rode home like that. He rode home like, oh my god. Becky, you're going to have to get your car clean, depending on whose vehicle they took. Because that is, wow, you are not going to get that smell out of that car. And Becky's like, oh, don't be a baby. You know you had fun. I'd be like, if that if I were Jet in Jesse's situation, I would not be happy. Like, I'm not being a baby. The horse threw me off and basically kicked me into a mud puddle. Mixed with their own droppings. Yeah, and then it laughed in my face. So, no, I'm not happy. 
And no, I did not have a good time. So, yeah, and Jesse tells Becky's like, hey, that horse had it in for me. All right, I tried to be nice to him. I gave him a sugar cube, and Becky's like, Jesse. And Jesse's like, okay, it was sweet and low. Yeah, and Jesse's like, yo, the point is I was nice to him, and how does he thank me? Bada boom, he throws me in the mud. And then he laughs. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. Well, the horse probably was laughing at Jesse. Like, I'll teach you to get me sweet and low. <laughs> You think I don't know the difference between that and a sugar cube? Hmm. Uh, oh, no. He's like, oh, can you give me that little ottoman chair there to sit? I'm like, no. Danny would not be happy with you, Jess. You need to go upstairs, get those clothes, you know, chuck them. Chuck them or wash them by the... No, Danny would not. I don't even think Danny would want those clothes in his washer. Like, throw the clothes away. Throw on, take a take a shower. He is covered in that stuff. I mean, I'm sorry, but I I I can't stand for my hair to get all grody and stuff. Even after one day, it's like I want to go home. I want to feel clean. I want to get in the, you know, I want to feel that sense of feeling, you know, clean and everything. But it's just, what I mean, come on, who wouldn't want it if you're covered in all that mud slash horse droppings, wouldn't you want to, like, change out immediately? But he's, no, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to sit on Jesse. I'm going to sit on Danny's furniture. And Becky's already thinking of the next time they're going to go riding. She's like, I promise next time we go riding, I'm going to get you a cute little pony. And this is where just like, uh, you think I'm doing that again? Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I am not. That was my only and final time. So I hope you enjoyed it because I'm, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and <laughs> Jesse says, I think not. I had a little ch chat with my butt and we both agreed there will be no more horse riding. But it's not like he's saying... She can't go horseback riding. It's like, yeah, you can go if you want, but I just... After... If you had a rotten experience doing something for the first time, and I mean a really rotten experience, would you want to do that again? It's like, that kind of sours the whole thing. And Becky's coming off with like, hey, that's not fair. We always do everything that you want to do. I'm like, but Becky, you have other interests other than horse riding. After this scene, I don't think we ever get to hear horse riding brought up again until this series finale, in fact, when Michelle is horse. Oh my gosh, it comes back to it. And the fact that Jesse got thrown off his horse. Oh my gosh, and I'm just thinking about DJ saying how she jumped her first fence. A fence is a lot higher than a log. It's not like that horse got smoothly, oh my gosh, it's a fence, and then boom, DJ just flies off the horse. No. The, that horse, and, you know, we're still a year or so out from covering the Full House series finale, but that horse got spooked by that log. I mean, I doubt it thought it was a snake, but, I mean, because a log is a lot bigger than a snake, but something happened, the horse got spooked, and Michelle, I mean, at least Michelle was right. That's the thing, we don't know. When we were watching in DJ's very first horse... When she was riding Rocket around the park, she wasn't wearing a helmet. She was not wearing a helmet. 
Like, you need to have some sort of protective gear. I mean, not to mention, is that, was that stable right by that park? Because she'd have to cross traffic and stuff like that, wouldn't she? I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm going to stop harping on it. And, yeah, she's like, we always do everything that you want to do. And he's like, oh, really? Like, what? And she says, like, go hear your band play. And Jesse's like, well, that's fun. I'd be thinking, for who? Especially because Becky says they play the same three sets of songs, like, three or four times a week. That is, wow. Even the audience would get tired of hearing that. Like, do you not know anything else? Anything else. Anything that's not Elvis or Beach Boys or songs from, like, the mid-60s. You don't? Wow. Okay, I guess I won't be seeing your band anymore. And I don't understand why it's always got to be these two activities. Listening to Jesse's band play or going horseback riding. Like, Becky, come on, you have other interests. We've seen... Like, the, there's a scene of them, you know, in the, in the wedding episode, they were showing flashbacks of Jesse and Becky hanging out at a park on a blanket, feeding each other grapes. That's something. A picnic in the wine company. I mean, later on, he takes her in a hot air balloon in season eight. They, they have more interest in just those two things. But... Becky starts to walk off towards the kitchen, and Jesse, who's still um, sitting on that ottoman, which has legs on it so it can move, he's like, wait, whoa, whoa, you're telling me that you think horseback riding is more fun than listening to my band? Yeah, or, no, he says, you, you're saying that horseback riding is more fun than listening to music. And Jesse brings up this crazy comparison. When was the last time you saw Mr. Ed play for 50,000 fans? Becky says, and did Guns N' Roses ever win the Kentucky Derby? So I guess Jesse is going to be playing at the Smash Club that night. He's like, look, if, if, if you don't want to go to the Smash Club and hear my band play tonight, then, you know, you can just, you know, we'll skip it. And she's like, oh, okay. I love how he says afterwards, after this little argument is done, he's like, Becky, with a smile on his face, like, and she says, Jesse. He's like, hey, do you, how, what does a nice soothing background, or back rub, <laughs> soothing back rub sound? And she's like, oh, I could really use one. And he's like, no, I ain't meant me. <laughs> She actually sits in front of him there, and he—it's like, well, what? No, but. Mosey on in here. Oh my gosh, you barely walk. She's covered in filth. Don't be a baby. You know you had fun. That horse had it in for me. I tried to be nice to him. I gave him a sugar cube. Jesse. Okay, so it was sweet and low. <laughs> the point is, I was nice to him, and how does he thank me? But a boom, he throws me in the mud. And then he laughs at me. Ah! Oh, oh, oh. Give me a seat. Better? Yes. 
next time we go riding, I promise I'm going to get you a cute little pony. I think not. I had a little chat with my butt. <laughs> we both decided there'll be no more horseback riding. Pamito, mavu, shalom. Jesse, that's not fair. I always do everything that you want to do. Like what? Like go hear your band play. Yeah, but that's fun. <laughs> well, I happen to think that riding a horse is fun. Well, you should have other interests, I'm sure. You mean to tell me that horse riding is more fun than music? When was the last time you saw Mr. Ed play in front of 50,000 screaming fans, huh? And did Guns N' Roses ever win the Kentucky Derby? All right. If you don't want to go to the Smash Club tonight, fine. Then just skip, okay? Good. Becky. Jesse. How about a nice, soothing back run, huh? Okay. I could really use one. Okay, let's get back in the backyard with the sandbox and Joey trying to entertain Michelle and four other children. One who's got a spiky mullet, one that's got a curly head of hair, we got a little red-headed carrot top boy, and we have an adorable little uh, black girl there. She's so cute, so cute. And he's entertaining these kids with... A story about a spaceship, and he's making the sound effects, you know, like Joey does. And these kids are not, even Michelle is, she's not laughing, she's not smiling, she's not anything. They're, they're like pod children. They're not reacting, which I think in other ways, like, these kids just, they're not being entertained by Joey. They're not finding him funny, which, you know, kids don't feel bad because uh, most adults don't really find him funny either. <laughs> This red-headed boy, this is, <laughs> it's just like staring at Joey with like, who are you? And even Michelle's like, Joey, you've made me laugh before, but I gotta say, I'm not laughing. You're, you're not funny today. Be funny, Joey. <laughs> Since Joey's not gonna, getting a reaction out of these kids, he's like, <laughs> Is this a playgroup or an oil painting? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, your harshest critics can be kids, you know? They, they, they'll they be, be real with you. They ain't gonna sugarcoat it. They'll be honest. So Danny comes outside with a cardboard box filled of, with sand toys. And Joey's like, oh, thank goodness, Danny. I'm dying out here. I can't give these kids to react to anything. And... Danny's like, oh, don't worry about it. I got something you kids are going to love. And the, the boy's all like, no more celery. This kid was in the... Wait, it hasn't happened yet. Hold on a second. I got to check this out. That kid looks like the kid from The Greatest Birthday on Earth. I think he might be. I'm going to check that out real quick. Yes, I'm 100% right. Yes, he was in this episode, and then he was in episode... Ten, the greatest birthday on earth. I remember, yeah, because I remember he was wearing a yellow shirt. And you just, you can't mistake that red hair. But no, that kid, his, his name is Lenny. He's so adorable. I mean, speaking of the celery, I mean, that plate, there's like four kids plus Michelle there. And I'm just thinking that plate was like filled with celery to the point where every kid could have two plus pieces of long watery celery oh my gosh 
And it's probably one of those things where Danny's like, until you finish your celery, we can't play in the sandbox, so hurry up and eat your celery so we can break out the toys and play in the sandbox like that's a rule. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this bare nothing celery with no peanut butter or raisins. No, thank you. So Danny pulls out a little scoop or shovel, whatever you want to call it, hands it to Lenny, and Danny's saying, I got a pail and a sand strainer. I hope he's got a toy for every kid, because there's like three others that would have nothing to play with. Well, and Michelle. And <laughs> Lenny's having a little too fun for, with that uh, little shovel, because he takes the sand and he starts dumping it out. I like that sandbox. I like that there's a nice little border there to kind of keep the sand in well i mean as long as you're not tossing it over to the side like lenny and danny has to crap like whoa 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 lenny lenny the sand stays in the sandbox hey danny's like very uncool the sand belongs in the sandbox and danny just happens to have his little whisk broom <laughs> handheld whisk broom there as he's sweeping the sand yes we don't want sandy grass apparently heaven forbid that looks like the coolest sand toy I've ever seen in my life. Because Joey's like, hey, Len, hey, man, do you want to trade in that little shovel for a red, white, and blue wallaby dude, whatever? It's cool. It's got, like, a little funnel thing on top, and then it's got, like, the little spinny thing underneath, and you can just, like, pour sand into it, and it just looks so cool. So... Lenny's playing with it, and Michelle immediately pulls it right out of his hand, saying, my toy. And Joey says, no, no, Michelle, it's not nice to be selfish. So Danny, way with the insult, calling Lenny a sand crab, just saying, oh, no, Joey, I'm sure my sweet little Michelle was just informing this little sand crab that that is her favorite toy. And Danny gives... Lenny, this yellow little um, pale thing that's got like a little spout on the end that I guess you'd probably put water in. But Michelle immediately reaches for it. My toy is like, no, 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 no. You guys need to be firm with her and say, hey, you need to stop. Granted, she'd probably start crying if I were the one uh, <laughs> saying anything about but no it's like no you need to be I mean it's one thing no 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 it's not nice to be selfish no you need to be firm with her and say sweetie you get one of these toys and then we give one to the other kid and just I feel bad for poor Lenny I mean Danny's calling him a sand crab Michelle's stealing toys right out of this kid's hand it's like do I need to sit next to her <laughs> and Joey's making a point to Dan is like, do you want to go for a third toy or do you see a pattern forming here? And Danny, it's like he's just trying to explain away her behavior. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, he's just excusing her behavior. Like, hey, maybe she is going through a selfish phase. I mean, you know what happens in families. Yeah, but with older... The thing is, Michelle's siblings are quite a bit older than she is, so... If they're a little bit closer in age to her, they already would have taught her, like, oh, no, 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 you are not taking that from me. Or, no, that's not yours. 
But since she doesn't have kids around her own age to be able to, the, the family's got to teach her that. And, yeah, oh, Danny's like, oh, see, it, it, it happens in families. No one knows why. And then Joey's like, here, Lenny, play with this whisk broom. He takes it from Danny, gives it to Lenny. And Danny's like, Joey, that's my whisk broom. It's like, this kid is not, I'm like, how is, I'm not, I'm surprised not, like, I want to go home, call my mom. <laughs> like some other kids are <laughs> just sitting there watching it happen. Like, how come we don't get, yeah, they two in the back here, the, the mullet and the curly haired girl. I'm like, we don't get any toys? What is this? And Danny, before it even touches Lenny's hands, like, Joey, that's my whisk room. Takes it out of Joey's hand. And then Joey kind of looks at Danny like, <laughs> So Danny reluctantly is like, here, just try not to bend the bristles. Oh, you are not going to have any fun with a whisk room in a sandbox. I don't know. Maybe you can. And then a little spaceship landed. Yeah, they just don't find you funny, Joey. Okay, here we go. It happens. Great, Danny. I'm dying out here. <laughs> something to worry about? I have got something you kids are going to love. No more celery. <laughs> no more celery. <laughs> Toys. Here you go. And I got a pail and a sand strainer and not even to plastic. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, Lenny, Lenny. Yeah, sweetie. Cool. Keep sand it in the box. In the <laughs> yes, there you go. Tell you what, Len, buddy, how would you like to trade in that shovel for a red, white, and blue woggly dude? It looks so fun. My toy. Oh, Michelle, it's not nice to be selfish. Oh, Joey, no, I'm sure my sweet little Michelle was just informing this little sand crab here that that is one of her favorite toys. Here, Lenny, play with this. My toy. You want to try for a third toy, or do you see a pattern developing here? Really? It's right, maybe she's one heading into a little selfish stage. Hey, it happens in families. No one knows why. Mm -hmm. Here, Lenny, play with this. Joey, that's my whisk room. There are other toys in that box still. Okay, here, Lenny, but try not to bend any bristles. So, it's after dinner. DJ's waving down the table, and Michelle's got... Michelle. <laughs> no. Michelle's not there with losing teeth. That won't happen until, like, season seven. <laughs> Stephanie's got milk and cookies, and she's saying how, you know, I've been thinking DJ, and DJ's like, oh boy. Stephanie says, you know, Santa Claus works one day a year. He always gets milk and cookies, right? Well, think of this. Tooth Fairy works every single night. You know, we don't, we don't, is there someone out there losing a tooth every day? Probably. There's, there's people all over the world, they're all, all, all the kids of the world, they're all losing teeth, everyone, every single one on this earth that is of age to lose a tooth. Yeah. So, <laughs> she's like, and, and what does she get for it? She works every single night. She gets a sack full of old teeth. Well, hey, that's her job. That's what she does, right? So, Stephanie, like, hey. We reward Santa for delivering presents, you know, coming out here and 
bad weather sometimes, risking his life, risking his reindeer's lives, and we reward him. We say, hey, thank you. Thank you for doing your job. Here's a meal cookies and milk. <laughs> Let's do that for the Tooth Fairy. Let's show her appreciation. Maybe she'll give us a little more than a buck under my pillow. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. DJ's like, wow, Steph. Mm. You do you, I guess, huh? You do you. <laughs> Whatever you think. Yeah, DJ could care less. She's lost all her teeth. She, her, she, her adult teeth have been well in for a while now. But she could care less. She's like, if there's a point, please get to it. And Stephanie says, the point is, I'm leaving the Tooth Fairy milk and cookies. No, no, no. Don't try to stop me. I've made up my mind. Yeah, she's like, end of story. Case closed. Good night and good luck. Stephanie carries up the milk and cookies as she's probably sloshing it over the side as she uh, walks up those stairs. Where are these stains on my <laughs> stairs? Steph, you know milk is going to stink at you. Oh my goodness. Yes, because she's got that almost filled up to the brim. Like that is going to, you're going to spill that over the side. You're going upstairs. And DJ's like, oh, so young and so, yet yeah, so strange. because I guess she's still going with Jesse to hear his band play at the Smash Club. And <clears throat> DJ's like, hey, Becky, do you think we could go riding next week? And Becky says, sure. Like, wow, DJ, you were amazing today. When did you decide to, to jump that fence? And DJ says, well, when the horse was about a halfway over, I figured I'm, I'm, I'm here. May as well go. I'm up here. May as well go for it. <laughs> So, Jesse comes down with his guitar case and says, Oh, Beck, great, you're here early. I figure since the band doesn't go on till nine, I figure we could get a bite to eat first. And this is where she says, Oh, yeah, about that. Yeah, she's like, Okay, dinner sounds good, but... And she says, Jess, I, I've been thinking, you know, about the club. Maybe you were right. And he's like, Of course I was right. What was I right about? Yeah, he's like, oh, what'd I say? And she says, well, you said if I didn't feel like going to the club, I should just skip it. And Jesse's like, oh, I didn't mean skip the club. I meant skip the argument. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. Skip it. I didn't say skip going to the club. I meant skip the argument. Like, skip that. What kind of suspenders is he wearing? They're like a silvery gray with like an imprint of something on the front of them. 
Well, of course, they're going into another argument because she's like, oh, so then you didn't mean it when you said you're never going to go horseback riding again. He's like, oh, no, I meant that. Because here comes Joey coming up from the his basement apartment with his laundry. And, yeah, and she's like, oh, really? He's like, well, why don't you want to go to the club? And poor Joey is stuck in the middle. He's like, I just want to get my laundry started while the washer's free. And Jesse asks Becky, well, why don't you want to come to the club? And she's like, because you play the same three sets of songs three nights a week. That would get old. That would get so tired. Not just for, you know, the girlfriend who's going, you know, to support her boyfriend. That's all the reason why she's going. It's just going, you know, to be with Jesse, even though he's going to be on stage. But that's going to be, like, for the audience, too, like, Especially if they heard them the last time. Like, you already played these songs last time. I don't want to hear them again. And they're really like, don't you know anything else? Do you take requests? You don't. Get it. Can't believe I wasted $20 on seeing your band again. What a joke. Yeah, they're trying to pull Joey into their argument. Like, who's he going to side with? He's like, come on, Joey. The Smash Club is fun. Yeah, and, and Becky's like, fun, as loud as smoky. Oh, and by the way, they keep that ladies' room immaculate. And Jesse's like, Joey, tell her she's wrong about the ladies' room. No, Joey, tell him I'm right about the ladies' room. And Joey's like, you know, I think I better just stay out of the ladies' room, a.k.a. this argument, because I don't feel like taking sides. Yeah, and Jesse's like, Joey, do you believe that she's not going to the Smash Club? And Joey looks at Becky and says, Becky, is that true? And Becky says, yes. He's like, well, I believe it. Like, go do, 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 go do your laundry. It's like, I was trying to do my laundry, but you kept pulling me into this argument. <laughs> do they really need that baby monitor there anymore? I mean, eventually we're going to see that thing is still there come season six because it's going to be transferred to Nikki and Alex's room. You know, when they're going to need that, like when, uh, when Nikki, I think Nikki's sick, he's got a cold or something, and that way Jesse can kind of hear if he needs to run upstairs for anything, because we hear Michelle, Tan yeah, if Michelle can talk full sentences, why do they still need that in there? And she doesn't even have, wait a minute, does she still have that crib? Yeah, and she's like, she, don't need, she does not need a crib anymore. She does not need a crib. Like, Uncle Jesse, it's me, Michelle Tanner. I need to see you. And, and Jesse's like, huh, someone probably wants to hear me sing. <laughs> he just rolls her eyes at him. Stay out of the ladies' room. Joey, can you believe 
she's not going to Smash Club tonight? Becky, is that true? Yes. Well, then I believe it. A wash. Hello, Uncle Jesse. It's me. It's Sarah Tanner. Somebody probably wants to hear me say so Jesse goes upstairs to go hang out with Michelle for a minute, and Becky goes over to Joey, who's sorting his his laundry before he washes it. And Becky's like, "Why do you men stick your macho antiquated or attitudes or something like that?" Joey puts on this tough guy attitude because. Because we're tough and we're rugged. <laughs> now take a hike, Jeff. <laughs> Separate my, what do you say, my wash and wear from my delicates. Come in, Michelle. Why do you men cling to your antiquated macho attitudes? Because we're tough and we're rugged. <laughs> now take a hike, Toots, so I can separate my wash and wears from my delicates. So Jesse goes into Michelle's room. He's like, oh, can I help you, miss? And she's like, oh, can I have a kiss? And he's like, okay. She's still in a crib, which she does not still need. She's talking full sentences. She does not need to be in a crib at three years old. Yeah, that's right, because she's going to be, it's season three, and she's going to be four. Because in season four, in season four, she's going to be four going on five, which she turns five in season five when the twins are born. So, yeah, she does not need them. So he says, okay, upside down kiss. And he bends his head and he gives her a kiss and it's adorable. I mean, I guess you would call the upside down kiss a Spider-Man kiss nowadays. And, and just like, oh, see, someone still loves me. Jesse, just because she doesn't want to go to the club and hear you sing does not mean that Becky does not still love you and care for you. Come on. So, of course, this is a time for one of Jesse and Michelle's talks. He's like, Michelle, can I talk to you? And Michelle's like, I'm a monkey. And he's like, can I tell you my problem first? So, Jesse, like, takes her little bear from her. And she immediately snatches it away and says, my toy. So it's not just with other kids that she's exhibiting this selfish behavior. It's anyone like, oh, don't take my stuff from me. Oh, I don't like how he's drawing Michelle into this as a comparison. Like, oh, Michelle, you don't want to be selfish like Becky. Pretty soon you're not going to want to hear your, come and hear your boyfriend sing. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> everything he's saying is being basically broadcast out of that baby monitor. And Becky, of course, she's right down there. She's hearing this. Jesse is really unloading on the sessions three. What is she going to be able to say to this? And Jesse's like, oh, I don't know what's gotten into Becky lately, but she's really getting on my nerves. And... Becky, she takes the baby monitor out of the little cradle on the wall there, and she brings it over to Joey. He's like, can you believe what he's saying? And Joey's like, after seven already, I better check that garbage disposal. And he goes to turn it on, and Becky immediately is like, no, 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 no. 
we need I need to hear this. Becky's eyes practically just bulge out of her head as Jesse says, sometimes she can be so stubborn and pigheaded and her I'm pigheaded. Her eyes just like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Like, we need to have a dialogue, like, right now. Jesse uses Michelle as, like, his sounding board, like, to get, you know, his frustration off his chest. Like, I really need to let this out. But I, and I gotta say it out loud, so why not just unload on Michelle? Michelle's free. What is she going to say? Well, gee, Jesse, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you really should be speaking to Becky about this. Yeah, and Becky's like, <laughs> excuse me, I have to go handle this now. And I want to be careful with that. Sometimes those baby monitors pick up other houses, as in, yeah, that's definitely, th like, sometimes baby monitors can pick up from other baby monitors in people's houses, and you start hearing conversations from people's houses <laughs> that are not meant for your ears. Can I help you, young lady? Kiss me. Oh. All right, upside down kiss. Upside down kiss. Say, <laughs> somebody still loves me. Michelle, can I talk to you? <laughs> can I tell you my problem first? All right, listen to this. My choice. Michelle, now you don't want to grow up and be selfish like Becky. Well, next thing you know, you won't want to go hear your boyfriend sing. Uh, I don't know what's gotten up Becky lately, but she's really starting to get on my nerves. After seven already? <laughs> you <laughs> better check that garbage disposal. <laughs> Wait, sometimes she gets so stubborn and pig-headed. <laughs> Excuse me. But sometimes those things pick up other people's houses. So, yeah, we go back up to Michelle's room, and Jesse's just stroking Michelle's hair and saying, Michelle, why can't Becky just realize your Uncle Jesse is right? Um, how about because you're not, Jesse? <laughs> why does he always have to be right about something? Because he's not about this. He's being, oh my gosh, he is being selfish just like Michelle is being selfish. And Jesse says, I mean, it's so simple. And then Becky storms in there right behind Jesse, holding up the baby monitor so his voice is echoing. And then he realizes, yeah, he's been caught. He's basically trash-talking Becky to his youngest niece. And Jesse turns with this grin on his face, like, oh, hey! Oh, you found me! Oh, you found the, the baby monitor! He's like, hey, Michelle, do that impression of me. And Michelle's like, just like you're like, I am staying out of this. This has nothing to do with me. And shame on you for bringing me into this. Both Joey and Michelle are the innocent parties in this Becky-Jesse fight. <laughs> Jesse's like, Michelle, do the imitation of me again. And she just shakes her head like, no, I'm not. <laughs> She puts her hands up like, no, thank you. Uh, Becky is, oh, she is lividly angry. She says, I want to talk to you alone. And Jesse, it's almost like he's using Michelle as a shield. Saying, hey, anything you can say to me, you can say in front of my niece. And she's like, I don't think so. Like, no, we need to go to your room and hash this out. 
Just, yeah, because he's like, hey, anything you have to say to me, you can say in front of my niece. And she's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> and Jesse, before he leaves, he turns to Michelle and says, see, see what I'm saying? Here, hold on to this baby monitor. Uh, Michelle, why can't Becky just realize that your Uncle Jesse is right? I mean, it's so simple. It's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you found the baby monitor. <laughs> Michelle, do that imitation of me again. I want to talk to you alone. Hey, anything you can say to me, you can say in front of my niece. No, that's not true. See what I'm saying? So, before Jesse even gets into his room, Becky's in there and she starts at him with, like, stubborn, pig-headed. And then she throws it, like, you know, the only reason... <laughs> she says, it just so happens this stubborn pighead only goes to that club to be with you. Like, that is the only reason she's there. If Jesse weren't playing there, she wouldn't have no reason to be there. Isn't that right, Quinny? Right? Yep. And Jesse's like, well, then why are we arguing? Let's go. And she's like, oh, no way. Like, you're not, no, we need to hash this out. Yeah, and, and she brings up a good point. It's like, if you don't want to do what I want to do, why should I want to do what you want to do? That's not really fair. So now Jesse's coming at this like, oh, yeah, this whole thing is about revenge. You're punishing me because I don't want to ride your stupid horses. Like, no, it's not about revenge. It's about the fact that you, you're compromising. But then again, it's just, why can't you come up with things that you can do together that you both would enjoy doing together. I mean, spoiler alert, at the end they do compromise. He's like, oh, you don't want to go to my club because I don't want to ride your stupid horses. Yeah, and she kind of fires back with, oh, it just so happens those stupid horses are smarter than you. And Jesse's like, just admit it, I'm right. And she's like, okay, I'm right. And then she, she walks out like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done with this fight. I'm done with this argument. Yeah, and then he starts, like, demanding, like, don't you dare leave this room. Don't you dare leave this hallway. I'm talking to you as he runs down. It's like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I could be in a relationship with someone that is that demanding like that and always like, I'm the guy, so we're going to do what I want to do and forget what your opinion is because it doesn't matter because you're a girl. She's on the landing there before they even get to the bottom of the stairs and she turns on him and she's like, okay, what do you want to say? And he's like, uh, I just want to say that this whole thing is your fault. Ugh. He's got no, no ammo. He's got nothing to be able to come at with the, with this argument. It's like, no, you guys need to I think, yeah, they probably do need to take a little time apart and just kind of uh, collect themselves because eventually, yeah, they are going to say something that they're going to later regret. She's like, oh, really? My fault? Well, I disagree. But, I mean, what else is new? We always disagree. That's where the saying agree to disagree comes from. It's like, you clearly aren't going to come to a solution on the matter. You may just well say agree to disagree. You both have different opinions on this and move on. And she says, we're completely different people with completely different interests. You know, that's honestly, I think sometimes what attracts people to each other is because, I mean, if you didn't, if you found someone who does 
everything, agrees with you all the time, does everything that you, you, you like to do so many of the same things. I mean, in a way that can work with some couples, but in another one, after a while, it's like, we both like the same things. Liberation is kind of bland, boring. We need things to spice things. So that's why you come at it with, you know, different, you're two totally different people with different interests, which is what Becky is saying. But that's what makes it nice. You partake in what the other person is interested in, not necessarily because you like, the th but you like the person and you want to be with them and hang out with them. I mean, there are limits to what, like, if Jeremy liked to go, like, uh, hang gliding, I'd be like, I don't think that's anything I'm ever going to want to do. Let's find something else that we can do, like, safely on the ground. Yes, the one that says maybe we should start dating other people we have more in common, more in common with. And the thing is, it always seems like Jesse is the one that instigates this whole we're breaking up. He did the same thing in the season two finale with the, that's it. We're breaking up. And then they <laughs> almost tie the knot in uh, Reno, Nevada. But they realized then they'd only been dating for half a year and they really had a lot more to learn about each other. And yeah, they're like nose to nose practically at the, on the landing of the doorstep, and she's like, oh, so that's what you want then? And he's like, well, that's obviously what you want. Okay, Becky is one that says, fine, then this relationship is over. Goodbye, Jesse. It's like, goodbye, Rebecca. Immediately when she slams that door, you see that regret hit her face, and even with Jesse, it's like almost dawning on them, what did I just do? You threw away a wonderful relationship because you two can't seem to agree on anything. And they get into arguments over petty little things that could easily be solved with just sitting down and talking to each other. But they're so heated right now. It's like, no, you guys need to kind of take a break from each other for a minute and just give each other your space so you can calmly and collectively come at this situation and talk it out without your anger getting in the way. That's what they're being, they're they're being controlled by their anger and their emotions. You're letting that kind of run this argument. They're both not really thinking with clear heads. Well, Jesse definitely isn't. But Jesse's got that it's my way or the highway type of attitude and you can't win with people like that. You really can't. Becky, even from outside, you see her go to the door and put her hand on the door handle. But then she's like, no, I'm not going to go crawling back to him because then he's going to, it's all about, it all, it just feels like it's like, who's going to win this argument? Who's going to be in the right? Because we know that Jesse is not in the right in this. I mean, the fact that he's calling her stubborn and pigheaded because what, she doesn't want to do what he wants to do? Like, oh, forget your ideas and what you want to do. What I want to do is more important, and you should always agree with me. And when you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Like, ugh, come on. What? Whoever got anywhere with that kind of thinking? Becky. Stubborn, pigheaded. Well, it just so happens that this stubborn pigheaded only goes to that club to be with you. Why are we arguing? Let's go. No way. If you don't want to do what I want to do, why should I do what you want to do? Oh, I get. This whole thing is about revenge. <laughs> You're punishing me. 
You don't want to go to my club because I don't want to ride your stupid horses, is that it? Oh, well, it just so happens that those stupid horses are a lot smarter than you. Just admit it. Say that I'm right. Say I'm right. Okay? I'm right. Funny. <laughs> don't you dare walk out that door. Don't you dare leave this hallway. I'm talking to you. Don't you dare take that step, or that step, or that step, or that step. Okay, what do you want to say? I just want to tell you that, uh, that, that, that this whole thing is your fault. Oh, oh my fault? Yeah. Well, I disagree. But what else is new? We always disagree. We're completely different people with completely different interests. Well, fine. Maybe we should start dating other people we have more in common with. Oh, so that's what you want. It's obviously what you want. Oh, well, then fine. This relationship is over. Goodbye, Jesse. Fine. Goodbye, Rebecca. Before it cuts to commercial, we see from inside that Jesse does open the door like he, he's, yeah, he's definitely feeling regret there for a minute. It's like, what have I done? And of course, when he opens the door, you know, she's not there. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just, you guys, you need to take a, a minute apart and just collect your thoughts because, like I said, they're reacting totally in anger and... That's where, when you react in anger, you're going to say stuff that you're going to later regret. Things that you normally wouldn't say if you are calm and rational. So, it's morning. We're in Stephanie and DJ's room. We see the plate and the milk. The plate's empty. The cup of milk is gone. It's empty. On her nightstand. And the way that Stephanie wakes up, you think of her Christmas morning. Yay, it's morning. I waited all night for this. <laughs> so let's see. We got a little uh, shelf unit just behind Stephanie's head. There's a couple emperor penguin figurines there, little stat mini statues. We got, I can't tell, it's some type of a doll. Of some sort. I can't really tell what she's wearing. And then there's like a, a lavender colored monkey with like white cotton candy blue fur on its chest. It's got like like sunshine yellow. Like it's almost like troll hair if you've seen how, you know, soft and crazy, a, a, you know, a troll doll's hair. It's kind of like that. And then there's something else. It looks like it could be a lamp. It's got um, a white lampshade, but it's got a heart on the front with little um, white specks on it. And then it's got what looks like like a like a cat kind of nose, you know, flat. And then it's got what look like whiskers and then like a, a mouth drawn like straight across on it. And it's like, that is really crazy. I mean, unless I'm wrong, but it definitely does look like a cat nose, straight mouth and whiskers. And DJ, of course, like, Stephanie, it's Saturday. And Stephanie says, it's also Tooth Fairy Day, DJ. I mean, DJ already went through this herself when she was, you know, younger than Stephanie is. So I was like, eh, whoop de doo it's Saturday. This like, it's not like she can't sleep on in on some, I mean, compared to, like, the five days a week that you got to get up and before 7 a.m., I doubt they have to get up before 7 a.m., but who knows. And Stephanie yanks, lifts, well, lifts up her pillow and pulls out what we all would think is a dollar if you haven't seen the episode. It's, in fact, a $20 bill. And in 19, 
89. That's a chunk of change for a seven, seven, eight-year-old. I mean, my gosh. I mean, a $20 bill to a seven-year-old 89 is like a $100 bill. <laughs> I'm going to stretch this 20 for all it's worth. And Stephanie looks at it, and she's like, whoa, baby! And DJ's like, you're whoa, babying about a dollar bill? And Stephanie hops out of her bed, races over to DJ's bed, and says, does this look like a dollar bill? Like, sticking the 20 right in her face. And, and DJ's like, whoa, baby! <laughs> Stephanie says, does this look like a 20, this, this look like a dollar bill to you? And DJ's eyes are open, like, $20! Whoa, baby! You could probably be, I don't know, in 89, I mean, CDs were relatively new. They probably cost more than 20 bucks. And Stephanie, of course, was thinking, like, this 20 is just extra for the, you know, the milk and cookies. Like, I knew the milk and cookies would pay off. And DJ's like, you little nerd bomber, I ate the milk and cookies. I mean, you did. So while Stephanie was dead asleep, you're standing over her eating the cookies and gulping down that milk. Yeah, right. And the look of shock when DJ reveals this, the look of shock on Stephanie's face, like, you're in trouble this Christmas because Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy are like this as she crosses her fingers. Like, yeah, they're tight. Thanks for setting an alarm. Jesse's making pancakes and Danny's cleaning up Michelle's face. I don't know. Well, it's not like she's had any pancakes yet or any syrup. So, but anyway, Danny offers advice to Jesse. Like, I don't know, Jesse. I mean, maybe you'd feel better if you just called Rebecca and apologized. And Jesse's like, Danny, I gotta face it. I mean, it, it ain't happening. We don't have one thing in common. That doesn't mean that you can't, still can't call him, like, hey, look, I really want to talk to you, but can we, like, go somewhere, like, get a cup of coffee, or just go to a park and just kind of, you know, talk about this? It, it just feels like, um, what is that one song? It's an old country song. Let me see if I can look that up. Yeah, that, gosh, I haven't heard this song in a while. This is Travis Tritt's Foolish Pride. So the lyrics, real quick, are, She stayed up all night and cried into her pillow, and she fought off the urge to just break down and call. Last night, to find the fault seems so darn easy, but now who's to blame don't matter much at all. She thinks if she calls him, it just shows weakness. So the hurt goes on with every tear she's cried. Ain't it sad to see a good log... Good love fall to pieces. 
Chalk another heartbreak up to foolish pride. Turn out the lights, the competition's over. The stubborn souls are the losers here tonight. And while the bridges burn, another hard, hard lesson's learned. As in the ashes, passion slowly dies. And this romance goes down to foolish pride. He relives every word they spoke in anger. He walks the floor and punches out the wall. To apologize to her it would be so simple, but instead he cries, I'll be darned if I'll crawl. If he loses her, he's lost his best friend, and more than just a lover can provide. So he wrestles with emotions that defeat him. Chalk another love lost up to foolish pride. And then it just kind of repeats the chorus, but yeah, it's just... That's the thing. You will say anything when you're angry. You will say things you probably wouldn't normally say if you weren't. And sometimes those things you, you know, they say words can hurt. They can cut deep. That's why it's best to take time apart, go to your separate corners, and really think about it. Because once those words come out of your mouth, you can't take those back. You can apologize until the sun comes up. But at the end of the day, it's like, no. Always another way to react. There, But that's why they say in the heat of the moment, words get said that you wouldn't normally say, and you can't take them back. All you can do is, you know, apologize and, and hope to learn from this lesson and do better. That honestly, I feel, can be a Tanner teachable moment, too. Yeah, when Jesse says we don't have one thing in common, and Joey says, sure you do. And Jesse asks, what's that? You're both crazy about me, <laughs> Joey says. So, <laughs> this is a surprise, too. As Stephanie comes out, guess what? The Tooth Fairy left me $20. And Danny's like, $20? Whoa, baby. He realizes he made a mistake. <laughs> so he was fumbling around in the dark before he may have pulled, Tooth Fairy may or may not have pulled a 20 instead of a 1 out of his wallet. Well, wouldn't it make more sense if you just had the money, like, uh, taken it out of your wallet in your bedroom and then went and just, but then again, Stephanie, it's not like he's going to say here, that was a mistake, step because then he'd have to reveal, well, Dan, the Tooth Fairy <laughs> clearly isn't real because I was the one. Yeah, you don't want to get revealed that. It's like $20? Like, wait a minute. Shoot. <laughs> well, it's not like you're going to be able to tell the difference between a 20 and a 1 and a 5 and a 10 and a 50 if you're pulling it out of your wallet in, in the dark. I mean. And DJ's like, well, Dad, this isn't fair. How come the Tooth Fairy never left me that kind of cash? Danny explains, oh, uh, well, possibly the uh, Tooth Fairy was fumbling around in the dark and accidentally took the wrong bill out of his or her wallet. And Becky says, well, I certainly hope, or not Becky, bleh, excuse me. DJ says, well, I certainly hope the Allowance Fairy makes the same mistake. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jesse puts down a plate of pancakes. Why he puts it in front of Michelle, who knows? Because he's like, all right, everybody, get your pancakes here. And Michelle, again with the selfishness, is all like, my pancakes. And Danny kind of pulls the plate away from her and says, no, no, Michelle. Those, honey, those pancakes are for everybody. 
So Joey comes up with the idea like, hey, everyone, why don't we show Michelle how much fun sharing can be? Yeah, we got to break her of this selfish habit, this mine, 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 mine mentality that she's uh, exhibiting here. So as Michelle's father didn't think of it first. <laughs> and the fact that he's been through this with two other daughters before, so... You know that Pam was handling all the discipline and all the raising of the girls, and Danny was out working, so. So, yeah, it's basically a let's play a game of pass the pancake, because Danny's like, I'm going to share this pancake with my friend Joey. And Joey's like, well, thank you, Danny, and I'm going to share my camp pancake with DJ. And DJ says, well, how thoughtful. And I'm going to share my pancake with my incredibly fortunate sister, who is now $20 richer. And Stephanie says, and you are too kind. You know, I'm going to share, I'm happy to share my pancake with my Uncle Jesse. Yes, now that pancake is cold because, and not everyone has touched it. And Jesse says, and I'm going to share with one of my three favorite nieces, Michelle. And he says, all right, there you go. And see, no, isn't sharing fun, everybody? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> and he says, oh, I wish somebody would share their pancake with me. And Michelle, grabbing the pancake in her little baby fingers, crumpling it up and handing it to Danny. He's like, oh, great. I won't even have to chew. It's like in pieces. I'm like, that pancake is going in the trash. <laughs> Too many hands have been on that pancake, and it's cold. See the crumbs getting all over that table. She passes it to Danny, who's sitting right next to her. It's like, oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm so proud of you. I love how he's holding, like, just crumbs of <laughs> broken pancake in his hand. And just like, <laughs> and I won't even have to chew it. I don't know, Jesse. Maybe you'd feel a lot better if you just called Rebecca and apologized. No, Danny, I gotta face it. It ain't happening, man. We don't have one thing in common. Oh, sure you do. Sad. You're both crazy about me. <laughs> what? The tooth fairy left me $20. $20? Well, baby. This isn't fair, Dad. How can the tooth fairy never left me that kind of cash? Well, possibly the tooth fairy was fumbling around in the dark and uh, accidentally took the wrong bill out of his or her wallet. Well, I certainly hope the allowance fairy makes the same mistake. All right, all right, everybody, get your pancakes here. Ooh, yeah. pancakes, all right. Yes, I'm all right. All those other pancakes get cold, too. Why don't we all show Michelle how much fun sharing can be? Good idea. Excellent idea, Joey. Now, Michelle, watch this. I am going to share my pancake with Joey. Thank you, Danny, and I am going to share my pancake with DJ. How thoughtful. And I'm going to share my pancake with my incredibly fortunate little sister. You're too kind. And I am happy to share with my Uncle Jesse. Thank you very much. And I'm going to share with one of my three favorite nieces, Michelle. There you go. Now, isn't sharing fun, everybody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish someone would share their pancake with me. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so proud of you. 
and I won't even have to chew it. Okay, here we go. Um, so Michelle is still in a crib, right? Yet she's sitting at the table, most likely in a booster seat, in it that's in a chair. Why is her high chair still in the kitchen exactly? We don't need it. Get it. Get it out of there. It's it's right by that window off to the side there, and I'm just it it's taking up space. Get it out of there. Put it somewhere. Put it. Well, that's Joey's apartment, so you can't get rid. Send it to like Goodwill or the Salvation Army. I'm sure somebody could use a high chair. But the thing is, if she graduated from the high chair to the kitchen table now, then I still don't understand why she needs to be in a crib. Makes no sense. Of course, Becky's here with a cardboard box full of Jesse's belongings that he left at her apartment. Since they are no longer dating, they're not in a relationship, she doesn't need his stuff at her place. And... Jesse kind of figures Becky's here to apologize to him. Yeah, Jesse is so smug saying to Joey before Danny even opens the door, like, oh, I knew she'd be back to apologize. Apologize for what, exactly? So Becky's like, oh, hi, Danny. Hi, everyone. Mr. Katsopoulos. Like, you left some things at my apartment? So, yeah, they're going to argue right in front of everybody. An emergency blow dryer. Well, she would already have a blow dryer at her place, I'm pretty sure. He can't just use that one. Why are you going to bring it with? Emergency styling spray. Why is everything got to be tied to the word emergency? You're telling me Becky doesn't have hairspray at her place that you can't use for some reason? You got to bring your own? I guess maybe that comes with the whole thing of like, oh, you're, hang you're at someone else's place you're comfortable enough with each other in the relationship to like, hey, do you mind if I you know, store a couple things here? That's a big step, I think. It's like, hey, do you mind um, I just, you know, staying over? I can bring my, you know, hair stuff and whatnot. And I, if I, I'm like, honey, I have that stuff here. You, you don't need to bring your own. I would gladly share my hair dryer and styling spray with you. But then again, Jesse's probably going to want the unscented spray, not the floral scent. Or, I don't want to use a pink hair dryer. I have my own <laughs> regular blow dryer. Hair dryer, blow dryer, whatever. They're the same thing, basically. So, now they start, like, using the hairspray. Like, oh, you made a mistake, Becky. This must be yours. It's for hard to manage hair. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I did not make a mistake. This is certainly yours. It says it's for vain and pompous hair. He calls it. She asks, are you guys having a fight? Oh, clearly. <laughs> They're using inanimate objects to be able to uh, put their words into. <laughs> like, we're fighting using the spray to throw daggers at, so we're not... So, like, they're disguising, like, oh, we don't want to, like, fight in front of the kids and everything. So, yeah, when Stephanie asks, oh, are you two having a fight? And they're like, no. It's like, no, you clearly are. You're having an argument again. 
The hairspray is the next thing to be stuck in the middle. First it's Joey, then it's Michelle, and now it's that poor bottle of hairspray. Like, I didn't ask to be brought into this. Leave me off of it. So Becky says, you know, we just decided not to be boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. It's like, no, we're all crying. No, no, why? And, and DJ's like, you can't break up. And Stephanie says, yeah, you're just like Ken and Barbie. And, and DJ definitely, especially, she feels that motherly, you know, the motherly figure in Becky and everything. And the idea of her not being around anymore, because, I mean, she's working with Danny, so of course, you know, DJ will say, but it's like that, that relationship that she has. Like, no, if you guys aren't together, then there's no reason that you will be coming over to the house. I mean, unless she's working with Danny on something, they could even do that at her place. Stephanie turns to Danny and like, Daddy, please make them hug and say I love you. And Danny turns to them and says, can you guys hug and say I love you? I'm like, mm, no, it's not that simple. So Becky's like, you know, you know yeah, she uh, she's out of there. Like, this is uncomfortable for me. Well, you know, it's nice to see everybody, but I really, I should get going. So, yeah, I guess DJ is kind of the one that kind of reaches out with this. Like, oh, Becky, how about... You, you know, all of us, and by all of us, I do mean all of us, go and see a movie with Stephanie's $20. <laughs> she goes over to Jesse in between Jesse and Becky and says, and I mean all of us, go to the movies tonight. And Steph says, it's on <laughs> me and the Tooth Fairy with her $20. And Becky declines. She's like, well, honey, sweetie, that's really nice and all, girls, but I, I have plans tonight. Oh, yeah, she can't get out of there fast enough. Like, I'll see you guys later. Well, she did say plans. She didn't exactly say I'm seeing somebody or I'm going out on a date with somebody. Plans do not equal I'm dating or going on a date with someone. Immediately assumes. I, I can't believe it. She already has a date. Well, plans do not necessarily equal date. Come on. So, DJ needs to get clarification. She's like, Becky, wait. She goes in the backyard and asks, like, you and Uncle Jesse are going to get back together, aren't you? And Becky says, you know, DJ, I can't promise you that. And DJ can't hear it. She's like, Becky, you have to. It's like, mm -hmm. that's up to Jesse and Becky. If they can kind of work out this dis disagreement. Yeah, and DJ's more worried about the fact of, you know, Becky is a motherly figure. Like, if you guys don't get back together, you won't come over anymore. And I, I'd really miss you. And Becky does reassure DJ. Like, DJ, look, hey, you and I are always going to be friends. And DJ says, oh, you mean we can still go riding and talk and stuff? Yeah, and Becky's just like, hey, absolutely, anytime you need me, I am here for you. Like, just because I'm not with your Uncle Jesse right now doesn't mean that I'm not available to you. And that is really sweet, because I'm sure there are other people, like, when they break up and stuff, they kind of sever all ties with not only their significant other, but anyone that they may have gotten close to, you know, their significant other's parents, siblings relatives of any kind they're just like mm, that's yeah I'm, I'm done with that like you sever ties with one you're severing all the other ties with all the others and dj says thanks becky and they hug and 
Becky says, hey, you know, what, this afternoon you and Stephanie and I can go see that movie. So it still sounds like, yes, yeah, she's got plans for later in the evening, but this afternoon she's free. Like, the three of them can have, like, a girl's day. Like, we'll go see a movie, we'll go out to lunch after, that kind of thing. <laughs> of course, we gotta throw this in here. And great, and don't forget, it's on Stephanie. Okay, I'm good. This is 89. How much is a movie? I, I honestly would put a movie ticket in 89 probably to be somewhere between three and four dollars. I'm just maybe, or maybe like between two and three dollars. I mean, nowadays you want a movie ticket during the day, it's gonna cost you at least pretty much close to ten. If you want a movie ticket in the evening, it's gonna probably be closer to fifteen. That's just well, you may as well just stay home and stream the movie on your television. Becky's like, got it, later, dude, and <laughs> DJ says, later, babe. Jess, you're going to get back together, aren't you? DJ, I can't promise you that. Becky, you have to. I mean, if you'd stop coming over, I'd really miss you. Hey, you and I are always going to be friends. You mean we can still go riding and talk and stuff? Absolutely. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you. Thanks, Becky. I'll tell you what. This afternoon, you and Stephanie and I can go see that movie. Great. You don't forget, it's on Stephanie. <laughs> got it. Later, dude. Later, babe. Okay, so... <laughs> Stephanie goes upstairs. DJ's got newspapers spread on her... on that little table. And she's using, like, a type of brush to put oil or whatever into her cowboy boots uh, is that a thing like you're supposed to oil them up so they don't dry out i don't know so yeah they they pretty much got this plan that they're going to get jesse and becky back as long as we have becky here and jesse's here we'll be able to get them in the same room and get them talking and everything so they can hopefully maybe fix things up you know and get back together because apparently jesse's not back yet we don't know where jesse is Oh, they gotta stop. Yes, since Jesse isn't there, we have to stall Becky. 
And Becky comes in, you know, wearing the same outfit. She's like, oh, girls, you ready for the movie? And, ugh, yes, Stephanie. <laughs> She's like, not yet. First, you have to make up with Uncle Jesse first. And Becky's like, well, something's going to, no, 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 no. Basically, this is a whole setup. She says, oh, you ready for the movie? Not yet. You have to, you got to make up with Uncle Jesse first. Uh-huh. Nice stall, Steph. So, DJ takes it one step further with just saying, you know, um, Uncle Jesse really misses you. He's been walking around the house all day just with that bottom pouty lip, just crying and just, ugh. Yeah. Oh, she starts, you know, saying, you know, Uncle Jesse feels really terrible. And Stephanie asks, well, oh, he told us how sorry he was for everything he's supposed to be sorry for because they have no idea what their fight's about. And DJ adds how, oh, yeah, he's been going around the house with a sad little puppy face. And it's just like, mm, a little bottom lip jutted out. Becky almost semi-looks convinced. Oh, here comes Jesse rolling in downstairs with Bobby Eeks' his character. She plays Diane, I believe. And <laughs> Jesse's complimenting him, like, oh, you do the best Elvis I've ever seen any woman do. I have to be honest. Okay, there's something on this landing here, on this doorstep, just inside the door. At first I thought it was like a Kleenex box or something, but it looks like a marker where the person, I think that's where Bobby Eats is supposed to stand, just inside the door. She's standing right, she's turns around so she's facing okay jesse with the black leather fringe jacket that that i don't like that at all mm, 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 mm. and she's like oh thanks jess i love watching your band rehearse i'd be like yeah because you've seen it once what if you had to see that three times a week the same song you would get sick of that you guys don't know any other songs and Jesse's like, oh, thanks. I just feel bad you had to listen to Viva Las, Vegas, Viva Las Vegas seven times. She is really schmoozing Jesse. She's like, oh, are you kidding? I love that you could put out a whole album of just that song. Jesse's like, oh, really? You think so? You know, this, this whole day has been great. This is amazing. And he starts bringing up Becky, which apparently is not the first time, according to Diane, that he's brought up Becky. He's like, Becky would have never sat through a rehearsal. Yeah, he's like, all right, let me ask you something. If I said, let's hop on a Harley, go to Vegas, roll some dice, what would you say? And she says, I'd say my Harley or yours. Or Harley or mine, because apparently she, this is a biker chick, a biker girl. And then he, again, he brings up Becky. He's like, see, Becky would have said, let's stay here and play Yahtzee. Really? I doubt that. So, yeah, she's clear. Like, so how come you can't go five minutes without mentioning Becky? And he's like, oh, did I mention Becky? So he's doing it just without even thinking about it. He's just constantly talking about her. It's like, you are not ready to get back out there, Jess. You are still hung up on Becky. And even Diane says, well, you did break into a chorus of Viva Lost Becky. 
And he's like, all right, I promise I'm going to go upstairs and I won't even mention the word Becky. I won't even say anything that ends in Eki. No, sh no Shecky, no Trekky. And DJ runs out in the hallway when she sees Jesse come up there. He's like, Uncle Jesse, I have to show And he's like, not now, DJ. And DJ says the magic word. Becky's here. And Jesse's like, uh, my Becky? I mean, my ex, Becky? <laughs> like, yeah. Then Jesse's like, oh, and uh, the girl I'm with is down there. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to think. Hold on, hang on here. Oh, yeah, they pretty much take exactly what they said about Jesse and apply. DJ applies it to Becky's saying, oh, she said she was really sorry for everything she's supposed to be sorry for. And Jesse's like, oh, really? Really? And DJ says, yeah, all, all she does is make the sad little puppy face. Like, mm, with a little pouty lip. And Jesse's like, really? DJ tells him, yeah, I'm pretty sure she stopped crying. She, she was crying? All day. by his hand and leads him into her bedroom with Stephanie and Becky there. So, yeah. He sees Becky. He's like, oh, hi. And she stands up and she's like, oh, hello. <laughs> kind of awkwardly. And Jesse right away is like, oh, it was uh, nice of you to apologize. And Becky's like, yeah, well, I wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Me apologize. Yeah, and she's like, nice of me. And then she turns around and says, well, what DJ said. And then DJ says, oh, what's the difference what DJ said? And Jesse's like, well, she said you made that cute little puppy dog face like this. And she, Becky's like, no, no, no. They said you and... <laughs> and they both turn and look at DJ and Stephanie like, okay, you two, what's up with this? And Paul, DJ, and Stephanie do the little sad puppy dog lower lip jutting out. I gotta ask, does that even really work with with kids doing that? With 
adults doing the little said puppy dog. Does it really work on people? I, I don't think you can do that as an adult and get away with that. Kids maybe, but adults, I really don't think so. And Stephanie's like, come on, didn't you guys miss each other like crazy just a little bit? And Jesse's like, well, maybe I missed her just a little like crazy if uh, she missed me. And Jesse asked, did you? And she's like, of course I missed you. It's like, it hasn't even been 24 hours. <laughs> At least I don't think it has since they've broken up. And Jesse takes Becky in his arms and says, oh, Becky, I've been thinking about you nonstop. Here comes Diane saying, hey, Jess, I thought we were leaving. Uh-huh, you forgot about her downstairs. Of course you did. <laughs> Jesse kind of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and this look of surprise on Becky's face is just like, uh, so you missed me, huh? <laughs> Couldn't stop thinking about me all day, huh? <laughs> I see my replacement. She's like, <laughs> well, and Becky pointing at Diane says, who's this? And Jesse's like, oh, well, and Becky says, you said that already. And she, yeah, Becky says, you have anything else to say? And Jesse's like, no, I think I'd rather just stick with well. And <laughs> Jesse keeps looking back and forth between Becky and Diane. And I love Stephanie's response. She's like, this could get ugly. She's <laughs> saying this to DJ, like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and Becky, you know, she's just, uh, you know, being polite. She's not like, I'm going to scratch her eyes. You know, cat fight. None of that. None of that. She's like, well, it's nice to meet you, whoever you are. Goodbye, Mr. Katsopoulos. Yeah, you know, she says, I'm sure you two have a lot in common. Goodbye. And Jesse goes after Becky, who's heading down the stairs, and he's telling Diane, oh, stay here one second, wait. I would be like, no, you're clearly not over your ex. There's no reason for me to stay. I'm not going to be a stand-in while you're figuring out your feelings with your ex. <laughs> yeah, they're in the hallway, and Jesse's like, wait a second. And Becky turns on him and says, you couldn't even wait one day. It hasn't even been 24 hours since we broke broke up, really. What, Jesse... And he says, the only reason I made a date is because you said you had a date. And she's like, no, I said I had plans. And Jesse, I don't know where he gets it. Oh, a plan's a date. Is it? Is it? Really? If I tell someone, oh, I have plans for the day. Does that mean I'm going to go on a date? No, it means I got things to do. <laughs> so what if I refer to them as plans? <laughs> Yeah, and Jesse says, I only made a date because you said you made a date. And she's like, no, I said I had plans. And he's like, plans? A date? I mean, and here comes Bobby Eeks saying, I'm just going to call her Bobby Eeks. <laughs> Excuse me, but there's no other way out of here. You're blocking the doorway. Gosh, can you imagine the awkward conversation she would have had with the DJ and Stephanie? <laughs> Who are you? Uh... <laughs> Not your future aunt, that's for sure. And Jesse, like, oh, I'm really sorry, Diane. And she doesn't even acknowledge Jesse in the hall. She's like, oh, I hope you're Becky. Because if you're not, you're going to be hearing an awful lot about her all day. And Becky's surprised to hear this. She's like, really? You were talking about me? And Jesse says, yeah, I've been talking about you. I've been thinking about you. I even broke into a chorus of Viva Las Becky. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
was nice of you to apologize. Yeah, well, nice of me. <laughs> DJ said. Oh, what's the difference what DJ said? She said you made that cute little puppy dog face like this. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. They said you went. <laughs> Don't you guys miss each other like crazy, just a little? Well, maybe I missed her like crazy, just a little. She missed me. Did you? Of course I missed you. Becky, I've been thinking about you nonstop. Jess, I thought we were leaving. Bad <laughs> timing. <laughs> well. Who's this? Uh, well. You said that already. <laughs> you have anything else to say? No, I, I think I'd just like to stick with Will. <laughs> this could get ugly. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you, whoever you are. I'm sure you two have a lot in common. Goodbye, Jess. Wait, hey, hey, stay here one second. Wait. You couldn't even wait one day? I, I only made a date because you said you made a date. I didn't say I made a date. I said I made plans. A plans a date? I, I... Excuse me, but there's no other way out of here. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Diane. I hope you're Becky. Because if you're not, you're going to hear an awful lot about it for the rest of the day. <laughs> really? You're talking about me? Yeah. I've been talking about you. I'm thinking about... I even sang Viva Las Becky. <laughs> <laughs> So Jesse takes her hand and says, come on. So they go into his room. And he's like, gosh, I hate it when we fight. You know, it's just so silly. I mean, first you get mad, then I get mad. And then she's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way it happens. You get mad first. And then it's like, why are we arguing about? What are we arguing about? And Becky says, I think we're arguing about the way we fight. And it's like, this may be our stupidest fight yet. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, first you get mad, and then I get mad. And she's like, oh, no, that's not the way it happens. You always get mad before I do. He, yes, he does. Yes. He immediately puts his defenses up and starts, like, oh, this whole thing is your fault. It's like, <sighs> and I kind of wonder if it's, if it's not just, you know, because he's a guy, but I think it's, like, his fatherly role model is Nick Katsopoulos. And you've seen in other episodes where, yeah, he is like a, men are going to say what they're going to say, they're, men are always right kind of mentality, and Jesse, of course, being that as his father, he is going to take on that persona, whereas in this way, Becky is trying to help him understand, it's like, no, it can't always be about you, It has, and it can't always be about me, it has to be about us. Soon as she said things, like, but I don't get mad before you do, and she's like, yes, you do. Oh my gosh, these two. They have so much passion and just like they will argue on the drop of a hat. <laughs> he, he finally he puts his hands like, all right, stop, stop. <laughs> what are we fighting about this time? <laughs> I think we're fighting about the way we fight. <laughs> and he puts his finger up and says, I think this may be our stupidest fight yet. And, yeah, and they're just kind of trying to rationally like, figure it out. Like, why do we do this? Why do we fight like this? You know, no one ever wins at this. And Jesse says, you know, Becky, I don't want to win. I just, I want you to understand me better, that's all. It's like, 
she can, but when you put up your defenses like that and everything turns into an argument because she's not agreeing with you, how is that helping her understand you better? It's not. Like, oh, and of course, if I happen to win in the process, like, you gotta stop with that, Jess, seriously. And Becky, like, keys in on something. She's like, wait a minute, I think you may have accidentally said something useful. And he says, I did. And she says, yes. Instead of arguing, why don't we try really listening to each other? It's like, yes, exactly. That's exactly what you got to do. You both have your own interests. And you both expect the other one just to go along with it because it's something that you like to do. And they're just supposed to play follow the leader, I guess. But no. And she even says, you know, we, we might learn about something about the person we care about. And that's the thing. Yeah, he says, that's exactly what I want. I want us to get to know each other. And that was the thing back in the season two, Luck Be a Lady, parts one and two finale of that was just, we found out we have some differences about things that we need to work through. Because at that point, they had only been dating for half a year. They really didn't know a whole lot about each other as far as when it comes to work and when you want to have kids, how many you want to have, if the opportunity for a job in another state arises, if you're going to you know, have to move. You, like, you basically go where the job goes. You go where your spouse goes. That's how it is. Sometimes things happen and opportunities happen. It's like, well, I sacrificed and I compromised and stuff for you and they've given this to you. And now it's like, please give me that opportunity to be able to do that. Like, I've done that for you. Please do that for me. It's honestly, it's a two-way street. It's, yeah, not only know each other, but you understand each other. He's like, all right, let's put this into play. So he's like, all right, let's let's try this with our problem. Now, you don't want to go to the club because it's loud and filthy, right? Yeah, loud, smoky, filthy, and disgusting, right? And she says, exactly, I couldn't have said it better. And she says, and you don't want to ride horses because they're stupid and dangerous. <laughs> Smelly and potentially dangerous. And <laughs> this was a Jesse kind of gets like okay so all we have to do is just give up everything we love and we've ever loved and we'll be happy right and she's like wrong we don't have to give up anything Jesse's like good because I just got this new guitar and I'd hate to give it up yeah exactly she says we don't have to give up anything we'd still do our own things and still be a couple and she says yeah he, he's like oh we can and she's like sure we can look how about this how about if you you only go riding with me because you want to and you want to spend time with me, not because you feel like I'm forcing you to take part in something you don't have an interest in. All right, and you only go to the club with me because you want to. Okay, but never because we feel we have to. <laughs> this is just, it's sweet how they make up like this. He's like, I gotta tell you something. I'm still going horseback riding with you. Because I just really love being with you. And that is, honestly, it's so, so sweet. And she says, you know, there is one good thing about our fighting. He's like, what's that? And he's like, we have a great time making up. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he says, yes, because our love is more important than any puddle of mud or a smoky club. And she, Becky's like, Jess, Jess. He's going on about, or a smelly horse. And Becky's like, Jess. And she has to kind of touch his chin, like, to bring him back down to earth. Like, 
just just say have mercy and kiss me he's like have mercy and they kiss and it's so sweet of course because they have the door open and DJ and Stephanie are right in the door and like, oh, like they made up. And Jesse jumps off the bed. He's like, oh, I knew they were going to come in. <laughs> well, they did help you get back together. And of course, Jesse's like, well, I just want to thank you girls for sticking your noses in where they don't belong. <laughs> Anytime, Uncle Jesse. And... Stephanie's like, oh, let's go to the movies. It's still my treat. And of course, it's like, I don't think your DJ's like, I don't think your $20 is going to be enough. And <laughs> apparently, Stephanie thinks she's going to get another 20 for other teeth that she loses. Uh, she says, I'm good for it. I got a mouthful of baby teeth. It's like, I don't think after this time that Danny is going to be making that mistake again. He's like, just take the dollar out of the wallet before you go into the bedroom and put it under the pillow. He starts counting the teeth that she still needs to lose. Here's 20. Here's 40. <laughs> I hate it when we fight. It's so silly. First you get mad, I get mad. Oh, no, that's not the way it happens. You always get mad before I do. Well, I don't get mad before you do. What are you What are we fighting about this time? I think we're fighting about the way we fight. This may be our stupidest fight yet. Why do we fight like this? Nobody ever wins. Becky, I don't want to win. I just, I want you to understand me better, that's all. Of course, if I happen to win in the process. Wait a minute. I think you may have accidentally said something useful. I did? Yes. Instead of arguing with each other, why don't we try really listening to each other? We might learn something about the person we care about. That's exactly what I want. It's, I want us to know each other better, understand each other. All right, let, let's put this into play, all right? Let's try this with our problem. Now, you don't want to go to the club because it's loud, smoky, filthy, and disgusting, right? Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. And you don't want to ride horses because they're stupid, smelly, and potentially dangerous. Exactly. So all we have to do is give up everything we ever loved before, and we'll both be happy, right? Wrong! Good, because I, I just got this new guitar, and I, I'd hate to give it up. <laughs> Jesse, we don't have to give up anything. We can do our own things and still be a couple. We can? Sure we can. How about if you only go riding with me because you want to? All right. All right, and you only go to the club with me because you want to. Okay, but never because we feel we have to. All right, I gotta tell you something. I'm, I'm still going horseback riding with you because I, I just really love being with you. You're so sweet. Now, there is one good thing about our fighting. What's that? We have a great time making up. Yes, because our love is more important than any puddle of mud or smoky clubs, yes. or smelly horse, yes. or flies, yes. or, yeah. Just say have mercy and kiss me. Have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank you girls for sticking your noses where they don't belong. Anytime, Uncle Jesse. Let's go to the movies. It's still my treat. Steph, I don't think $20 will be enough. I'm good for it. I've got a mouthful of baby teeth. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you wish, Stephanie. All right, so that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So the... I think best outfit for this episode is going to be, hmm, you know, I don't know 
lie, but I really liked Bobby Eakes's, you know, Diane's jacket. But I think, honestly, I, I like that. I did not like Jesse's, like, purple pants that he was wearing when Becky came over with that box of his stuff. But he was wearing this, like, um, blue and, like, purplish, like, striped shirt. I, I thought it was really good. So I'll go with Jesse's shirt for the best outfit. And then worst outfit, it's going to be, I think, DJ, her nightgown, just... I did not care for that. That's worst outfit. And then runner-up is going to be Steffi, Stephanie's nightgown. I'm like, eh. Actually, you know what? Hold on. No. It's going to be... DJ's nightgown is the worst. Runner-up is going to be Stephanie's... It's like a black collared shirt with like... Like, kind of a dusty white-pink color with different little teeny tiny shapes on it. I didn't really care for that. So, uh, if I had to give, but if I had to give a runner up best outfit, I'm going to go with Bobby Eakes's leather fringe jacket. It was cool. So Tanner teachable moment, pretty much just what I had said earlier about Jesse and Becky with the compromising and not feeling like you should be expected to do something that you don't want to do that your that your partner is into. So like just why don't you just do things that you both have an interest in doing and creating new fun experiences. And you may find out that you have things in common that you like to do together that you both have a shared interest in. And you know, your separate interests can just remain separate interests that you do on your own time without but you don't feel obligated to go like, oh, I have to go and listen to his band again. But you go because you want to be there and you want to be supportive. And, and the, you know, maybe next time, you know, Jesse, just instead of like having him go horseback ride, just have him maybe take some training first and learn how to become, you know, one with, you know, riding horses and being comfortable before it's like, hey, we're all going, get on this horse and go with us. We're just, we're going to ride a trail. When you, he's probably never done it before. And it's just, that is a lot. You're putting your trust into a very large animal that could potentially kill you if it gets spooked and it throws you from its back. Not saying all horses are like that, but there is that risk. That's why you wear a helmet. But I just think he probably would like it better if maybe he was on, like, an older horse. But he also, you know, get some training in there, proper techniques. I mean, if you're, like, uh, you know, rubbing your heels into the horse's flanks, I'm sure they're going to get irritated with that. Especially if... But, um, yeah. Never feel that you, you know... It should never be an obligation to feel like, oh, I have to go... In, in order to hang out with my significant other, I have to go do this thing that I don't want to do at all. So, yeah, that's a Tanner Teachable. Another thing, Tanner Teachable moment, as far as Stephanie goes, just because it happened once with the $20, don't expect it to be a reoccurrence when you lose other teeth. Danny clearly learned his lesson and is $20 poorer because of that decision. So, yeah, we're going to go to... The next episode in the double almost breakup double feature, and that is going to be 
<laughs> Season 6, Episode 11, Designing Mothers, which aired December 8th, 1992. In this episode, Danny meets Vicky's mother, an interior designer who redecorates Stephanie and Michelle's room without consulting him, and it leads to he and Vicky to argue and break up. Now, I haven't seen this while episode in quite a while so I don't know maybe there is a little mini breakup there maybe it's just kind of a one-sided thing on Danny's side but I agree that she had no right to just go and make changes to a room without his permission that is his house Vicky and he are not married they're just dating so um yeah she she had no place no right to do that so, look forward to that one on the 22nd. So, of course, Breaking Up is Hard to Do in 22 Minutes. That will be released on July 8th. Designing Mothers will be released on the 22nd. And then Driving Mr. Jackson, the Fuller House episode for Michael Campion's birthday, will be released on the 29th. So, like three days after his birthday. So look forward to that. And have a wonderful weekend. And if you haven't yet, you want to leave a review for the podcast. All five-star reviews get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House. Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye, everybody.